Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I am Hannah. And just a quick reminder, we are on Patreon. If you want to become a patron, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Shane. Thanks, Shane. You sound great. <laughs> What's wrong with you right now? I don't know. I'm getting a little loopy. It's getting late in the right. night. But thank you, Shane. We really appreciate your support. Yes. Uh, this week, we are covering The Giver. I didn't exactly know what to title this one because... It's weird. Um, but how about, um, please don't release me. <laughs> please. That works. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the book was originally published in 1993, and it's written by Lois Lowry. Uh, I got a Goodreads rating of 4.1 out of 5, and it's 180 pages. So a quick read. Which Thank was God. funny, though, because on my Kindle, it only was, I think it was like 96 pages on my Kindle really? or something. And I was like. Thank you. Must have been the font you chose. I don't know. <laughs> the movie came out in 2014, which I was kind of surprised it took them that long to make the movie. Um, there's a reason why. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> uh, it's rated PG. I guess I could just say it now. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, I forget his name. I'm so bad at it. The guy who plays The Giver. Jeff Bridges. Thank you. He has He tried to get this movie made and just couldn't get like anyone to pay for it essentially like oh. he couldn't get it made so uh, that's why it took a while anyway gotcha <laughs> uh so it's already pg-13 it's a drama romance sci-fi which i wouldn't have said romance but okay <laughs> uh, it's an hour and 37 minutes long so kind of nice and short mm-hmm. just uh, like the book yep directed and produced by philip noise uh noise <laughs> i like that last name noise uh, <laughs> We I need just, to not record this late at night. I just love that. <laughs> I just think of like every douchebag that says nice. Noise. Noise. <laughs> oh, Philip. Sorry, Philip. Uh, screen written by Michael Mitnick and Robert Wide. Cool. Um, so the IMDb synopsis reads, In a seemingly perfect community without war, pain, suffering, differences, or choice... A young boy is chosen to learn from an elderly man about the true pain and pleasure of the real world, in air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) So some fun facts about the book. This is actually the first book in a series of four. Um, The author wasn't going to make them, but eventually decided to do that. So the other books are called Gathering Blue. That came out in 2000. Then it was Messenger. That came out in 04. And then the last one was Sun, which came out in 2012. Have you read of any of the other ones? I didn't even know there were three other ones. It's kind of funny. I mean, this They're book- not really like... Um, re- they're not related to each other. Like, it's not a continuation. Oh. But it's still different books within this realm of... Gotcha. ...world, I guess huh. you can say. Um, so the giver won the Newbery Medal Award in 1994, and uh, Lowry was actually notified that she won by radiogram because she was in Antarctica at the time. Wow. So that's a cool way that. What uh, was she doing there? I think she was like doing research or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. So uh, 
it and it also is number 11 on the American Library Association list of challenged books of the 90s. So it was it was well acclaimed, but it was also like one of those I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> oh, so they like might ban it type yeah, thing? Got yeah. it. it. I don't think it officially ever actually got banned, but it's like one of those. Um, so Lowry's father actually lost uh, most of his memory and went into a nursing home, which was a uh, inspiration for the 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 book because as we'll talk about um in the book there's a whole area where old people go to essentially just live out the rest of their lives and then the man on the cover of the novel is actually the painter carl gustav nelson and the photo was taken by the author lois lowry um so she chose that as i mean they made jeff bridges's character look a a lot like him. So yeah. I thought that was cool. Well, and I feel like the cover of this book is so well known. Totally. Like everybody knows it. Yep, that's the giver. Yeah. So it's actually a real person. Um, some readers condemned the book as pro euthanasia and pro abortion um, just because of kind of the contents. But uh, Lowry has basically debunked that completely. Yeah. She's like, that's not my intention whatsoever. Right. With this. But, um, and then lastly, she purposely left the ending ambiguous so people could form their own opinions um, of what happened. Like I mentioned earlier, she didn't intend to make sequels um she kind of wanted to to be what it was but the second book in the series gathering blue does reference a boy named jonas um so he doesn't die guess not (laughs) (laughs) um and i don't know because i haven't read it it could just be somebody from a different time talking about this boy um not necessarily that he actually still exists so who knows huh very interesting yeah uh so not a lot of people like this movie. <laughs> it only has a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I always take the audience mm-hmm. percentage because I feel like that's us. Yeah. Uh, the critics uh, percentage is at like 30. Yeah. Like it was a little rough. <laughs> uh, the budget for the movie was $25 million and it only grossed $67 million, Ouch. Which is really sad considering, like you said, Jeff Bridges spent so much time trying mm-hmm. to get this movie made um, to have it kind of... Not really work Flop. out. Yeah, that sucks. Because I really love Jeff Bridges. I think he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, I did read that he, when he first bought the rights to the film in the 90s, uh, he intended to actually cast his father, Lloyd Bridges, as the giver. But unfortunately, he died in 1998. So Aww. he wasn't able to so you know, play this role. Which was kind of cool that he ended up taking yeah. his place for it. The day that the movie premiered was actually the day that um, Robin Williams committed suicide, who was actually a very good friend of Jeff Bridges. Oh, and wow. he like found out basically at the premiere that it happened. That sucks. So I'm like, first to have this movie take so long right. to get to. And then to just be like. Yeah, it just kind yeah. of is, is such a bummer. Um, you'll find this interesting. Uh, in the movie, there's the big library scene. Mm-hmm. They actually used over 22,000 books to film that, that awesome. scene. So I was like, it's not CGI. They're not fake books. They're That's real cool. books. So these next couple things, I read an article that um, Lowry actually did an interview with. I think it was BuzzFeed about, about the movie. And they asked her, you know, one of the defining traits for people with gifts were the pale eyes Mm -hmm. and they asked her, you know, why did you change it? And she said, um, incidentally in the movie, they don't have pale eyes. She said that it became a problem when they were filming because they would put contacts in some of people's eyes and 
they would actually have to put them in the baby's eyes as well. And it became like this huge problem mm-hmm. for a lot of the actors. So they just basically took, took that out. <laughs> and I'm like, I also think like you probably could have filmed that or like movie magic that in. <laughs> probably. <but> it's fine. <laughs> they also asked her why she turned down the opportunity for a cameo in the movie that she was offered. And she laughed and said the scene in the book, which is not in the movie that she wanted to, to play was when the old woman is being bathed and they ended up not putting that in the movie. Um, but they said that they wanted her to be in the movie as one of like the elders sitting up on the stage. Mm -hmm. And she said that she's so happy that she declined it because I guess that, that scene took 11 hours for them to film. And she was so glad she wow. she declined it because she didn't want to have to go through that. Yeah, no, that sounds awful. <laughs> so the cast of the movie, you, you look at these names. Star studded. And you're like, this is this. This movie has to be one of the best movies ever right. made. So starting off, The Giver, um, who is the old man in the movie and the book, is played by Jeff Bridges, Mm -hmm. as we were talking about. Um, I mean, he's been in over 90 movies. Um, He's in The Big Lebowski, True Grit. He has an Oscar for his leading role in Crazy Heart. I mean, he's a legend. He is a legend. He's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought he was perfect. He ended up being perfect for this role. Absolutely. Like I said, he looks very similar to the person or the picture on the cover of the book yeah uh the chief elder is who is she doesn't really have a huge role in the book right like barely at all then they made this character (laughs) for the one and only queen meryl street yes like amazing obviously uh funny enough though she actually didn't film any of the scenes with anybody there uh she filmed them all in england during during breaks when she was filming um, the movie Into the Woods. Which makes sense because the majority of the movie, she's like a hologram. That's all she is. So So they literally probably had her on a green screen. So I thought that was fascinating. Uh, Jonas, who is the main character of the movie, he is the young boy who is becoming the giver. Mm -hmm. The Um, receiver of memory. The receiver of memory is um, played by Brenton Thouts. He's Australian. Um, oh, he is. Do you do you know where you know him from? No. He is Henry Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Oh. He has long hair in that movie, yes. so you don't even like Ooh, realize it. I knew I liked his look. Um, he's also in the TV show Titans, and he was in Maleficent as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing to note about the kids in this movie, in the book, they're only like 12 years old, mm-hmm. and they ended up... I read somewhere that they ended up casting quite a bit older because of all the things that they needed to do. And the littler these kids were, they were going to be portrayed. It wasn't going to, it wasn't going to translate, I guess. On what film. did they need to do? Make out? They- I don't know. But yes, yeah, so there's supposed to be 12 in the book. And right. then in the movie, they're about 18. I think it makes more, in my mind, it makes more sense to have them be 18. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's really when you become a true adult in America's world. So Jonas's father is played (laughs) by my favorite, Alexander Skarsgård. When he came up on the screen, I was like, oh, God, here we go. We have to listen to Alexander Skarsgård's number one fan again. Right here. Um, Was not a huge fan of his um, hair in this movie. No, it was not one of my favorite roles that he played. Uh, But, of course, we know him from Big Little Lies, True Blood. Uh, Tarzan and Zoolander one and two. <laughs> Just so you know, he has a resume, Roche. 
telling you. Yeah. I was actually shocked because normally in, in his roles, like he's able to like command the role. And I feel like this was a very passive role for him. It was not a good role for yeah. him. I will say that. Uh, also noting, just, just to remind everybody, um, his dad is... Stellan, who was in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. His brother is Bill, who was in Devil All the Time and is Pennywise from It. But yeah, going back to his role. So this is actually really, (laughs) this is really sad. One of the only and main reasons that he agreed to do this film is because Meryl Streep was was in this movie. However, because he wanted to meet her and work with her. (laughs) Come to find out once he got on set. That her role was completely a hologram and he never even saw her the entire time they were shooting this movie. Well, that serves him right for picking a movie only because he wanted to meet the queen. I mean, I can't blame him. No, but like, come on, dude. He also didn't take a shirt off in this movie, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so Jonas's mom is played by Katie Holmes. <laughs> Why do I feel like everyone's description of Katie Holmes is that? <laughs> it's a, it comes with an eye roll and a... Ugh. Anyways, she was in Batman's Begins, Dawson's Creek. Um, She played Jackie Kennedy in two different um, Kennedy TV series. The funny thing is, she's actually only 10 years older than the kid that plays her son in the movie. (laughs) That's actually really funny. Um, I can't stand her. Really? Not my... And and maybe it's her association with Tom Cruise that makes me do that. Mm. It's funny, though, because when I was... When I was going through her, uh, you know, all the movies she's been in, I was like, she really, like, the fact that everybody knows Katie Holmes, she's barely been in anything. Mm-hmm. Like, Dawson's Creek. But... I think that's where you, you you miss out on her, because you haven't seen Dawson's Creek. I have not. It's on Netflix, though, now. You should watch it. Like, it, but, like, there. I mean, it's going to be a little hard, because it is dated at this point. But I love her in that. Um, I, I really like her character in that. So she's fine to me. Um, do I think she's the best actress in the world? No. no. Um, but she worked for this role. Uh, it is a very different kind of role than the mother plays in the book. But I thought she did an okay job. Agree to disagree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Asher, who is Jonas's best friend, is played by one of my favorite actors, Cameron Monaghan. He is Ian from Shameless. He is the Joker on in Gotham. He is, and this movie came out before he had those roles. Mm-hmm. He was so much younger. I know he's fabulous. I love him. Yeah, I, I think feel like he's I so see. Versatile. I see big things for his future. Like I yeah. think he's gonna. He's big. very like artsy and can kind of mm-hmm. really go there in roles. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. And I was so, again, this movie, I, none of these characters did anything for me really, <laughs> you know? So, but I was the glad. The movie doesn't do anything for yeah, you. Yeah. So I was glad to, uh, you know, see him though. A Fiona, who is one of Jonas's best friends in the book. She's basically just a friend mm-hmm. in the movie. They make her into a love interest right. for Jonas. Um, is played by Odea Rush. She's from Israel. Oh. Uh, she played in Goosebumps and the TV series Dumpling. Uh, and I think she looks exactly like a young Mila Kunis. Really? Absolutely. You did not think that? No. She's super cute, but no. Go back and look. Okay. I'll do a side by side. Yeah. She's super cute, but I really liked her. I thought she was great. I did too. I, I really liked her. And her eyes are freaking beautiful. Lastly... Rosemary, who is the giver's daughter, is played by the one and only T Swift. Don't give her that. Taylor Swift, come on. Ugh. Yeah, I had to I had to go. Did she also hope to meet 
Meryl Streep, and that's why she said yes to this I mean, role. Guess, but that's the thing, though, with Taylor Swift, is that she takes these really weird roles. Like, she was in Valentine's Day for, yeah. like, a hot second. It's because she's not, she shouldn't act. Right. She was in the Lorax. She was in an episode of CSI. And then she was in the bomb that we know is Cats. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, she's not, she doesn't have the best track record for movies. She just needs to stick with music. Or not. Just stick with music. <laughs> Her bank account says differently. Fair. <laughs> All right. So time for our games rounds. First up is who said it. I'll be honest. This mo- this book is so quick that I just kind of like ran through it. And then I yeah. realized, oh, I should pick some quotes. <laughs> um, so I have a few, but. Okay. All right. First one. I feel a little sorry for him, even though I don't even know him. I feel sorry for anyone who is in a place where he feels strange and stupid. Jonas? Yes. Wow. All right. Next up. Jonas has not been assigned. Jonas has been selected. Jonas has been selected to be our next receiver of memory. That was the head elder. Chief elder. Chief elder. (laughs) The head elf. The head elf. (laughs) Um, All right. Last one. It's like going downhill through deep snow on a sled. At first, it's exhilarating. The speed, the sharp, clear air. But then the snow accumulates, builds up on the runners, and you slow. You have to push hard to keep going. That was the giver? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're going to say I picked this because of the movie, but this was going to be my, these were going to be my picks either way. So your picks for F. Mary Kill are father, because. Father. (laughs) Mother. They don't have names. I know. Father, mother, and the giver. (laughs) Remember, they're 12 in this book, so I I can't pick them. I know. I know. Obviously, I'm marrying father, (laughs) because... Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to kill Mother because it's Katie Holmes. Oh, gosh. That doesn't leave my other option. <laughs> um, and then I will share my memories with the giver. Okay. Um, I will also kill Mother because even though I like Katie Holmes, I didn't like her character. Um, I will marry the giver because he knows everything there is to know about everything. So why wouldn't I want him around all the time? Because um, you then, can have Alexander Skarsgård Right, I'll share my memories with Alexander okay. or father. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie opens up with a voiceover that says, From the ashes of the run to the communities were built, protected by the boundary, all memories of the past were erased. And you're like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, so it's, we get the first look at, you know, this community and everything's in black and white. Mm-hmm. So... Um, have you ever seen Pleasantville? No, but I was thinking that. You've never seen it? No. It's one of my top 10 movies. What? And it has Tobey Maguire in it. So that's saying a lot. <laughs> I, was I thought you were about to just make like a case for Tobey Maguire. No, I wasn't. I was be like, what? I, it's the only movie I like about him, but very much. It's like a better version of this movie, basically. So I recommend it to anyone if you haven't seen it. Uh, So they start talking about the rules of the community, saying use precise language, wear your assigned clothing, take your morning medication, obey the curfew, and never lie. Those are like the main rules Mm -hmm. of this community, which I think that's what they were in the book. Mm -hmm, Pretty much. Did you feel like it was a lot more um, futuristic of a place? Way more than I thought it was going to be. I did too. And I don't know if they they meant for that in the book and I just didn't get it or they changed it because it's a newer movie. Yeah. I'm not sure. I did. I just thought it was just all kind of strange. Yeah. Like I felt like this book or like this movie was supposed to be 
put out in like the 70s and this is what they thought the future was going to look like right, type right. thing yeah. you know but who knows uh so in the movie we are set in the day before graduation and we come to find out that graduation is when the kids get their jobs or their duties mm-hmm. in this community yeah, they, they are assigned to you they become adults essentially yeah and they don't talk about so much all the volunteering they do in the book in the book they talk way more about the volunteering yeah so essentially as they're growing up um it's almost like internships um they do these volunteer programs or whatever in areas where they think that they you know have interest in and throughout their life the elders are keeping eye on them to kind of figure out where they, you know, where they fit in the world and what their roles will will be in the future. Um, so I think the volunteering kind of helps them in, in making those decisions. But yeah, they don't really mention that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not touched on as much in the movie. And we find out that Jonas can see some colors. Mm-hmm. Like there's some thing, like he sees the world a little bit differently. In the book, they describe um, a scene where him and Asher are throwing an apple and the apple kind of shifts shifts and he's like this apple looks weird yeah. he like takes it home with him and we come to find out that the reason that he thinks it looks weird is because it's changing to a different color mm-hmm. um when i was reading the book though i was like is it like getting blurry like what is actually <laughs> happening right. um but we we do get introduced right now to asher and fiona which are his two friends and i think they're riding bikes at this time the bikes were really mm-hmm. weird looking mm-hmm. like just give them a huffy. Like, you know, you're like, they're just like these like stick looking bikes. It was very strange. Uh, Remember, it's very minimalistic. It, very true. Uh, but they start to talk about how there's no differences in this community. It's very sameness. It's sameness. And there's no hatred. So nobody hates anybody. Everybody's the same. And at first you're like, that would actually be kind of nice for no one to hate anybody. Sure. You know, you don't. Why would that not be okay? Because then we wouldn't have Karen reviews. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we're at the nurturing center and they start talking about how Fiona is going to work. You know, this is her calling and that's not what her calling is in the book. No. So the nurturing center in the movie is basically where the newborns go, the new children. Um, so it's essentially like a nurse- nursery. Um, but in the book, she actually has a passion for helping the elderly and she works in the old folks home. I forget what they're called, like they call it in the movie or in the book, but that's her true calling in the book is she works with the elderly. Yeah. Which I guess they just chose to not. I'm like, how do you leave the old people out? They left all the old people so out. So rude. <laughs> uh, and this is where we meet Gabriel. So Gabriel is a baby who you know, is just born naturally and he's not developing as as quickly as some of the other babies are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we find out that if, you know, if the babies don't develop quickly, they get quote unquote released. Mm-hmm. And they describe what releasing is in the book. Basically, it's essentially they get t- taken to elsewhere. elsewhere. Who knows what elsewhere means at this point in the in the book and in the movie. Um, but essentially, they no longer are permitted to be in the community. Yeah. And they make it sound like it's this glamorous, glamorous like, great thing, thing that people want. Well, and even they talk about the elderly. Like, they have, like, a ceremony. Right. And the releasing of, of these people. And you're like, I don't think it's as, you know, nice as they're making it <laughs> seem like. Even right off the bat, when we're in, when we're meeting Gabriel, we're in the nurturing center with Fiona, we can see that Jonas sees Fiona's red hair. 
And that doesn't happen until way later in, in mm. the book. So that gets brought up a lot quicker in the movie. Uh, and then we're outside now and we're seeing all these drones around. There's drones watching people everywhere, which is probably how things are now. We have a friend who thinks pigeons are robots that <laughs> literally watch us. That's because she hates birds. <laughs> that's true. But that's her theory. But we're at home now with Jonas's family and they're weird. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> They're all very sterile, I guess you should say. Um, and they share their feelings. Every day they have to sit down at the at the dinner table and share how they're feeling. But, like, they don't have all of the feelings. Right. <laughs> they only have a, a certain amount of understanding of what feelings actually are. So it's very strange. I'm glad I never had to do this with my family. Yeah. It's, I mean, I do feel like there are families out there that do similar things. Not my family. <laughs> Parents who are therapists probably. Yeah, do that. maybe. Maybe we should be doing it more. <laughs> Man. Uh, and they also, this is where they start talking about how the elders, you know, assign their place, you know, in their community. And Jonas is feeling anxious about being assigned, which I would too. Yeah. They probably would have been like, ma'am, please get behind the McDonald's counter. <laughs> ma'am. Please go pick up that trash. They would put me in the nurturing center with all the babies. And I'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> um, one thing that they don't bring up in the movie is at one point, they also talk about how they have to share their dreams. So mm-hmm. if you have a dream at night, you have to tell your family what the dream is. And at one point, Jonas shares a dream that he has about Fiona. Yes. Yeah, so um, in the book, he he mentions it to his mother that he had these, this weird dream about Fiona, which essentially insinuates that he had some inappropriate thoughts about her. And that immediately flags the mother to be like, oh, um, yeah, those are stirrings. Um, and you need to take a pill to basically tame the beast. Right. <laughs> so that's, um, he actually starts taking this daily pill that like basically calms his libido. Um, so then, you know, that will kind of calm his, his feelings, his feelings. or stirrings about Fiona. <laughs> and in the movie, they don't talk about this pill at all. They basically, everyone, even the little kids, everyone starts having these injections in their wrists every day. And that basically dulls any sort of feelings of anything. romantic or yeah. anything. Uh, so now we're at the ceremony of advancement and I, I wish they would have explained a little bit more. I loved in the, in the book, how they explain how like the fives go to the six Mm -hmm. and the sixes go to the seven and each year they get a different item. Like they get a, they get a bike, they get a different jacket or. Yeah. And I, I I wish they would have shown that more Mm -hmm. in in the movie, but they didn't. Uh, but Meryl Streep is there as the chief elder. As a hologram. As a hologram. Because <laughs> she's a queen. She can't she can't be bothered. Uh, and she talks about the ceremony to elsewhere, which is we know is a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. Um, the newborns start to be assigned, which they don't, again, don't go into a whole lot of description. Uh, but in the book, they kind of explain that, you know, there's these birthing mothers. Yes. So, yeah, the... the there's one of the assignments, one of the jobs. Is, this would have been your job. God. They were like, look at those hips. <laughs> those birthing I have, hips. <laughs> I have childbearing hips, I've been told multiple times. Um, but yeah, so basically there, there are certain people, certain women that are assigned to being birthing mothers. They're in charge of essentially keeping the population going. But 
each family or each dwelling is only allowed one daughter and one son. And that's it. And you have to actually like apply for it. So the, the, these children that come into your home aren't your actual children. It's just somebody that someone else birthed. Right. <laughs> I got, I got like handmade tale vibes yes. from that. And they also describe in the book how the birthing mothers can only birth three children mm-hmm. and then they basically send them to be laborers. Right. Like it's not a glamorous job at all. No. I mean, it, it, you do live lavishly while mm-hmm. you're a birthing mother, but after that they just throw you out. Which again is exactly like Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I mean, I only didn't get through the whole thing, but. You what? I didn't get through the whole Handmaid's Tale. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, that's sad. Her face bugs me. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that one eventually <laughs> as well. Uh, but so now we're still at the ceremony and we see Lily, who is Jonas's little sister. Um, she becomes a nine and she gets a new bike in the book. I believe she's only an eight uh-huh. or she's a seven and becomes an eight and yes. she doesn't get her bike at that point. Correct. Um, something that they didn't point out in the movie, in the book, they talk about how even though, like, the little kids don't have bikes, they always, like, use their... Older siblings. Yeah, yeah. their bikes and stuff. And I thought that was cute, but they didn't put that in the movie at all. Uh, so Asher, uh, Jonas's best friend, is the first one up. And he um, he becomes a drone pilot. And he's not a drone pilot in, in, the mo- or in the book. No, so in the book, he actually is known in the community as kind of, like, the class clown, like, fun guy, fun-loving guy. So they gave him the director of recreation role, which basically gets, he gets to create all the fun things right. that the community does, which I thought that was super cool. I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, but something to note that they, when they are, when they are born, they are assigned a number for mm-hmm. their, for their class, basically. So the first one born is number one and so on. Right. Um, in the movie, Jonas is number 52. In the book, he's 19. Right. Not sure why they felt they need to change that. Who knows? So, but now Jonas is the next one up and the chief elder just skips him. And that's what happens in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fiona gets put as a nurturer, which we talked about how she, in the, in the book, she became, you know, an old folk carer, yes. carrier, caregiver. <laughs> uh, but so then they go back to Jonas after everyone has gotten their jobs. And she explains that he has not been assigned, but he has been selected. And it's because he can see beyond. And she talks about how his training can, is going to contain a lot of pain. Um, he was going to be, it, the title is called the receiver of memory and that they can't afford for another failure. So come to find out that there was someone before him who was supposed to do this mm-hmm. and didn't make it. Um, and then another thing that I wish they would have talked about a little bit more after the kids are assigned their roles, they have to go in the book. They, they have these packets and they get to read mm-hmm. through their packets of all the things that they get to do. Um, so, but they kind of, we see Jonas go home at this point. He starts, he gets almost like, um, it's like a, star trek like telegram type (laughs) thing with all the rules of becoming the receiver and one of it the big one in there is that he can now lie Mm -hmm. he can't talk about the training with anybody but he is allowed to lie and he doesn't have to share his dreams anymore he can ask anybody any question that he wants yes because in the community they talk about this in the book more than so in the movie is that asking questions is is rude right any sort of personal question is rude right um, and they have to apologize a lot. <laughs> and accept I accept your apology. <laughs> yeah. So Jonas is supposed to be going to get his training. And he has to go to the house on the edge. 
and it's like this like ominous looking house mm-hmm. looks really cool, <laughs> on the brink though. of nowhere yeah and in the book though it's described differently yeah it's called the annex and it's basically just a little like room behind the old people home that the giver lives in yeah and what i thought was interesting so he walks into this giant library and there's these twenty two thousand books and this is kind of where the first you get the first notion that they really don't know what a lot of things are because jonas doesn't even know what a book is mm-hmm. He has no concept of what a book is. And, you know, then he starts telling him, you know, he's going to, the giver is going to be transmitting the memories of everybody from the past to, to Jonas. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of start getting this idea of things were different before. Like, this is not like, this is not how it's always, this is not how it's always been. This is, there has been real world stuff that has happened and this is what they have created because of all of that. And, you know, he talks about how like the memories of the past, he helps guide the elders. Like he can't tell the elders what actually happened, but he can tell them which way they, you know, they should give them wisdom. Which, again, is very similar of what happens in the book. Something that was different, though, is that, like we said, in the book, the pale eyes is kind of the indicator that you can see beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the movie, they end up putting these, like, little birthmarks on their wrists. Yeah. Which I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> that would have been a dead giveaway from, like, <laughs> right. the second, you know? Um, but we get to see the giver give Jonas his very first memory and it's this snow and sledding and the Christmas house, which the Christmas house is actually a very important memory for the giver. Yes. That he ends up giving Jonas like way later in the book. Mm-hmm. They um, like comboed it. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was such a special moment in the book yeah. that he shared it that I didn't well, like how in the they book, did it. It's how he, explains love to Jonas. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's how he love. And then the concept of grandparents also is how mm-hmm. it's, it's done through the house. But yeah, they decided to combo the two together for whatever reason. Yeah. So I did not like how they did that. Yeah. Um, and this is the point where Jonas starts questioning everything. Like anyone would be like, what else? Right. <laughs> like, what is life? You Everything's know? a lie. Everything is a lie. Um, something that they don't talk about in the movie is basically how pain how much pain the giver is in having all of these memories yeah so in the book um because he has all of these you know he has really joyful memories but also he has to take the burden of keeping these terrible memories so as he's transferring these memories to jonas it it releases the the pain and fit like the anguish that the giver actually has into jonas so you realize like there's a big responsibility with having to keep these memories for everyone in this community. (laughs) So Jonas is back home now and he can't tell his family about the training, even though he wants to literally tell everyone. And this is where Gabriel ends up getting dropped off at their house because they need extra nurturing because Mm -hmm. his dad, his father works at the nurturing center as well. And actually in, in the movie, they make it seem like Gabriel's just like, dropped on the on the doorstep yeah. like here's your baby but in the in the book it's actually jonas's dad's idea yeah to bring him home yeah he's like you know he needs a little bit extra help um obviously i work there i feel comfortable bringing him in and it, it's his decision to bring him in um but and, and i think 
in the movie, it's at the nurturing center that, that he kind of, Jonas figures out his name. But once he, in the book, it's once he brings him home and he's like, oh, like, just so you know, his name's Gabriel. I'm using it to kind of give him a little bit more um, love and Yeah, because they're not supposed care. to know their names until... Until the naming ceremony. Yeah, yeah. so that... That they didn't really touch on that a whole lot no. <laughs> in the movie. Uh, but one thing that I thought was cute, though, is that each child is given a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. But because they have no concept of what anything is, he hands he has an elephant, but they call it a hippo. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> that's funny. But then we see that Gabriel actually has the same mark on his wrist that Jonas does. So he can also see beyond. So... You know, when they were give, when they were doing the ceremony and everything, they did say that Jonas was going to have a lot of pain with his training. So the giver ends up giving him like a fly bite or something mm-hmm. as like a first thing of pain. In the book, they describe it as a sunburn. Right. His, his first thing, and I was like, yeah, sunburns hurt. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> something else to note, um, in the book, the way that the giver transfers memories is different than the movie. Mm-hmm. So in the book, um, Jonas has to lay down on a bed and he takes his tunic off and then um, the giver he places his hands on his back to like transfer mm-hmm. those memories in the movie they just switched it to like they grab they arms, hold hands basically. yeah they grab each other's forearms and that's how yeah. they transfer that's very uh 2020 like pc version right exactly um but then they, they, he gets to start describing colors and he's showing him sunsets and the ocean and you know he starts asking like there's people of all different races you know and and he describes that this is where they made the sameness. There's no color. There's no race. There's no religion. There's no fun. Right. There's no nothing. And Jonas, again, being a young kid, he's like, I want everyone to see this. Mm-hmm. And he tries to show Fiona colors. He wants everyone else to see things. Uh, in the book, it's he's trying to show Fiona and get Fiona to see it. In the book, it's Asher he tries to see beyond mm-hmm. with him but neither of, of them work <laughs> and now we kind of see like the struggle between asher and jonas a little bit in the in the in the movie in the book there's no tension between those two no, like, they're at like all. they'd be a, the best of friends yeah but asher at this point in the, in the movie though is still he is now in his world of drones and everything and he is now telling jonas that he has flown a drone to elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's gone beyond and he has seen more things. So that intrigues, you know, Jonas even more so. But right. none of that happens in the book because he's not a drone pilot. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, but then they're meeting up <laughs> and he tries to explain what sledding is. <laughs> and Asher's like, I'm not doing this. Like, that's against the rules. We're not allowed to. And they're up on this like big arch thing and they basically take like a cafeteria tray and slide (laughs) down the middle of the stairs and i I thought it was really funny it looked real but very dangerous (laughs) well yes (laughs) uh but i thought that was kind of cute that they that they put in there uh but at this point after they've broken the rules we see we hear a speaker and there's a community announcement and in the book they actually touch on this quite a bit more like any time a rule is broken Mm -hmm. in the book the speaker comes out and is like but it's, like, very passive-aggressive. Yeah, like, everybody <laughs> knows who it's being talked about, like, who's being talked about, but there's no actual mention of anyone's name. Right. <laughs> so, like, if you're the person that, like, had the transgression, you're just like, wow, this is embarrassing. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, we get, to st- we get to start to see that the chief elder is 
is not the biggest fan of the giver. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really like his teaching techniques. And so the giver is now in front of the chief elder and he's having to defend Jonas's actions and being like, your trainee is look what he's doing. And he was like, yeah, I did the same thing. <laughs> he's like, I tried to show my friends too. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it doesn't really happen to this extent in the book, but Jonas tries to like show different people like what he sees, like mm-hmm. show these mer- memories and share these memories. You don't get that same sense. Like, I feel like in the book, he stuck a lot closer to his like responsibility of like, you can't really talk to anybody about yeah. this, but not really in the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, in the movie, he's he's just a teenager who wants everyone right. to see everything. Um, but Jonas ends up finding the blueprint of sameness. So basically, mm-hmm. whoever designed this community has a, like an entire blueprint of what the community looks like what the where the boundary of memory is and we come to find out that if he crosses the boundary of memory that all of the memories will be released back onto the people somehow Mm. Uh, that one was a little bit of a stretch (laughs) i was like but like who are you giving these memories back to like who are these going like just everybody like i don't know but it was gonna be a big catastrophe if that's how it happened but we also find out that along with seeing beyond there's also hearing beyond so they also don't have music right which I'm is like, so sad what do these people do like <laughs> holy cow but the giver shows uh shows him this in in a piano which none of this happens yep. in the book and he basically shows him you know how music brings emotions and you know all of these feelings can be brought on by music which is very very Mm -hmm. true and he tells jonas that those injections every day that they get is what what stops those emotions from happening right it suppresses them so jonas you know is like over it (laughs) he just is like this is all a bunch of bs (laughs) um but he tries to show his little sister how to dance and his his family come in and they're like what are you doing (laughs) She's like, Jonas calls it dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's just so bizarre to think that no one has any concept of literally anything. And the chief elder ends up showing up at their house because she's not happy with his training. And he ends up lying to the chief elder. I can't remember what exactly he lied about, but he lied about something to her. She asked him, like, what do you and the giver, like, do every day? And he basically was like, we sit and look at each other and don't do anything right (laughs) which he's allowed to lie so he's allowed to lie um but then we we see like a compilation of happy memories that the giver is giving to him and then he knows that he needs to start showing him the bad parts Mm -hmm. of the world um and having read the book and knowing the elephant scene i fast forwarded it through the movie (laughs) because i didn't want to see it yeah so one of the the memory of cruelty that he gave him is basically an elephant being killed by poachers and it was just awful yeah like awful and i was like it's coming they did show it in the movie i'm like of all things to keep like why that but whatever but he learns that an elephant is an elephant yes he finds out an elephant is an elephant (laughs) and so basically back at home gabriel is crying and he can't get him to stop crying so he knows that he has the same mark as him so he ends up sharing one of his happy memories with gabriel mm-hmm. and basically telling him like this isn't a hippo this is an elephant um and, and he the shows- sister overhears mm-hmm. because in the movie 
for whatever reason, Gabriel is in the sister's room. Right. Which I'm like, why would you leave a child with another child? Right. Right. <laughs> but in the book, um, normally he's with the parents, but they realize, oh, let's try with, Ga- uh, you know, keeping him with Jonas. And the only reason that he's sleeping through the night is because he's giving the- him these, like, <laughs> right. happy memories. <laughs> right. And right now in the movie, he gives that he gives him the memory of seeing the elephant before it gets killed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonas knows now that he's starting to have these feelings for Fiona. And he actually, this is where he actually has the dream about her. Mm-hmm. And he stops taking his injections. He injects an apple every day instead of his skin. Genius. Yeah. Um, and he starts to know that that feeling is love. Like he loves Fiona. He's attracted to her. And this part's so funny when he's like, he ends up asking his dad, like, dad, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And his mom's like, precision of language. And he's like, <laughs> If you're asking me if I enjoy your company, yes. <laughs> Do I care about you? Yes. I'm like, this sounds like every bad breakup that I've been through. Right? <laughs> like, yes, I like you. But Do I, like I love you? you? I mean, what is love? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, this is this is the uh, start of every awful guy in a relationship. <laughs> so, but Jonas goes back for training the very next day and he finds the giver on the floor and he's having an episode, which this does not happen no, in not, the book. No, not this way, no. And the giver's having a memory of war and death and killing. And when Jonas goes to try to like help him, that memory inadvertently gets transferred. gets transferred to Jonas mm-hmm. and that's so he and the giver's like I didn't mean to show this to you like you weren't ready to see this and know what killing and death is and everything and that's not how it happened in the book no in the book eventually um Jonas kind of tells the giver like I was told you know once I get this job that I will have to endure pain so like when is that pain going to you know start happening or whatever so basically he talks the giver into like transferring these awful memories in the book to my knowledge the way that i figured like that i read it was the wartime was like way back in the day yeah time like with like you know spears and, <laughs> like civil and, war yeah, civil <laughs> war um in the movie it was very much more like vietnam mm-hmm. era war which yeah. whatever war is war um but in the i think the book and movie um he sees basically one of the soldiers like dying and that right. was like the main like part that the giver was trying to transfer over to him was viewing a person basically die in front of him, which I can't only imagine like what that, how much pain that actually causes. Yeah. So at this point, Jonas runs away. He's like, I can't handle this. It's like, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. And come to find out, you know, that, you know, the person who was before him also ran out because it's kind of been this whole thing of, it's been a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. They, you know, with, the one before him and come to find out she basically did the same thing when she found, when she started seeing these type of memories and we see the back of Taylor Swift's head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Jonas is struggling. He doesn't want to go back. He doesn't want to go back for training. And he tells Fiona that he stopped taking his injections. um, And he wants her to stop. Mm -hmm. He wants her to stop. And she says, you know, if you go back and go back to your training, I will stop taking these these injections. None of this happens in the book. No. At all. Their relationship isn't even this, like, convoluted in the no, book. No, at very... all. So Jonas goes back to the giver's house and basically sees the entire flashback of 
Rosemary, mm-hmm. who was the who was supposed to be the trainee before him. And basically, you know, she walked out and asked to be released. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to find out that Rosemary was the giver's actual daughter. Right. Um, but then the giver ends up giving... Oh, the reason she walked out was because the giver gave her the memory of loss. And that was so, so painful for her right. emotionally that she was like, I want to be released. I'm done. So, which again, one of the worst, right. one of the worst feelings ever. So we're told that there are these twins that are about to be born. And from my understanding of it is if they are both the same sex, whoever is the, who weighs the least gets released. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a boy and girl, I think it's okay. But I'm like, why does that matter? Like, I guess you just can't have two can't- that look that look the same. Exactly. I guess that makes sense. Um, and so, you so know, if they were fraternal twins, then it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> your, your nephews would be safe. Correct. <laughs> um, but so Jonas knows that his dad releases children Mm -hmm. when jonah starts questioning everything that's happening this next scene plays out a little bit differently between the book and and the movie yeah so in the book his father is basically like explaining to him that there are these twins if they end up being um identical then we will have to release one you know whichever one is heavier and is more you know um, healthy i guess uh will remain and be um, given a name but the other one has to get released so uh at this point this is the late later in that day he goes to the giver and he's trying to explain to his the, the giver that like oh you know his dad had this thing that was that he had to do or whatever um and he was like well oh he says that he wish he he wishes he could have been there to see it and he's like well you as the receiver of memory can look at anything that happens in the community so um what he what he thinks is a magical thing or like a really nice thing. The giver is like, let me tell you what the true meaning of being released does. So he actually requests that the, um, the release from that morning is shown to him. And he's, he, that's kind of what plays out in the movie, but it, it happens differently because Jonas is kind of the one requesting to see it. Right. So, Come to find out that being released is actually just a lethal injection. <laughs> that, awful. That is just completely awful. So Jonas ends up seeing his dad kill this baby, mm-hmm. basically. And he is just beside himself. Yeah. You know, and... He doesn't understand that his dad or his father, like, doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Like, he's just doing what he's always been told to do, right. which is... Because in his mind, that he has no emotion. Right. Killing anybody is, Mm -hmm. there's no emotion towards it. And so after that happens, Jonas then meets up with Fiona and kisses her for whatever reason. (laughs) Again, there's no romantic relationship with them in the book. I'm not sure why they felt they needed it in the movie. But Jonas ends up, (laughs) so at this point, Jonas like is just like, I got to get out of here. And... This kind of where it gets a little wonky for me. In the book, Jonas and the Giver come up with this plan together mm-hmm. for him to escape. Yes. So they kind of, they, they, I can't remember if the boundary of memory is even mentioned in the book, but essentially they realize like if Jonas leaves this area of this, this specific community, um, once he does, these memories will be released. Yeah. Um, 
he actually asks the giver to come with him and the giver is like no i cannot go because once you leave i have to be here to pick up the pieces basically and like fix everything or you know make it better um so yes they devise this plan that you know the giver is gonna uh stockpile food for him and and uh they'll, they'll have an escape plan for him but it ends up that he basically has to escape that night because of a certain something that happens at the house, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So, and also to note on in the book, you know, Jonas is like, things need to change. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't okay. And like in the book, they describe like the giver is also like, yeah, like I should, I agree with you. It should change. Like I'm okay with this. Like let's do this plan to make the community better and try to get back to maybe what we were before the sameness. So that plan doesn't really get developed between those two in the movie. There's no like we're in this together type moment. Come to find out that Gabriel is not developing Mm -hmm. as fast. So they tell them that Gabriel is going to be released. Mm -hmm. So Jonas immediately goes home, knows that Gabriel's not there. So he's like, I got to find him and I got to leave tonight. Mm -hmm. Like there's no plan. Like I have to go. So he packs his bag as he leaves the house. He ends up running into Asher Mm -hmm. and Asher is like, where are you going? Like you can't leave. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is not okay. And so Jonas is trying to explain to him. So after he leaves Asher, he ends up going to the giver's house and he starts panicking and telling him kind of what's happened, what's happening. And this is where the giver is like, okay with his plan. He's mm-hmm. like, I have to leave. Cause there was no plan before any right. of this. And you know, Jonas just knows that he has kind of the same thing. Jonas knows he has to get past the boundary memories and he does ask the giver to go with him. And he says, no, he needs to stay to, to yeah. help. So that does happen in the book. Um, and this is actually where he explains to him that Rosemary was his daughter and everything. Yeah. He also gives him um, some memories of strength. Yeah. Strength him. and courage to help him on his journey. Right. <laughs> and, come to find out that Asher ended up telling Jonas's mom mm-hmm. that he was leaving. And so then she ends up going to the chief elder. Cause nobody has any, even your parents have no loyalty to no, you. No, you they just only, have to follow the rules. Yeah. They have loyalty to the elders and that is yeah. it. So now they're all trying to find Jonas. And so this is when Jonas goes to the nurturing center to get Gabe. And so he has to get through security. He has to like, get through different doorways and figure out where he is. He ends up running into Fiona who helps him escape. Uh, and he ends up taking this motorcycle, which <laughs> does not happen in the book. Um, and there's like this high speed chase and Jonas ends up f- going off the cliff with the baby on this motorcycle. And that is not what happened in the book. <laughs> no. So as I mentioned earlier in the book, they, him and the elder or I'm um, sorry, him and the giver, uh, devise a plan and the plan was supposed to be you know a few days or even a week like after this conversation but he goes home and Gabe's still there but his dad basically explains to him like unfortunately he's not progressing and we're gonna have to release him and at this point he knows what that means he knows that he's going to be killed and he has built such a love for this child that he can't possibly imagine like you know him dying so basically his plan's like out the window and he's like i gotta leave tonight so he actually um since gabe is still at the house he grabs gabe and he runs away with his father's bike um which he's not used to obviously because everyone has their own bike but his dad's has a seat for 
for Gabe. So he actually runs away and there's no real, um, it's in the middle of the night. So no one kind of notices he doesn't run into Asher. Mm -hmm. So he's able to get away. His only concern is that there are these planes that will do surveillance. So he has to really be stealthy about it. And for the majority of the beginning of his um, escape, he has to uh, ride in the night. Yeah. Um, But anyway, he, the way that the book describes it is it happens in a series of days right. and even weeks that he's constantly, you know, they run out of food. They start getting malnutrition. It starts getting really cold. So they start, you know, um, basically uh, getting sick to the point where they, they can't keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. So he at, at this point in the book, we're at the point where he is, they're struggling. Basically. Yeah. So in the movie at this point, Asher is tasked to find Jonas. Take your drones and go find him. Mm-hmm. And he ends up finding him. Like, this point, yes, they are struggling. You know, but he's... This is the same day. Yeah. Like, it's not, a, you know, a series of days how, how right. it is in the book. And he ends up finding him. And Jonas is like, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Like, don't do this. Don't do this. He ends up basically grabbing them up and then drops them in the water. Mm-hmm. And Asher ends up actually lying to the head or the chief elder about what happened. Yeah. So like you can start feeling like things are changing. Yeah. Like Jonas is changing people's mind. And when well, she specifically asked him, like when you find him, get rid of them. Right. Kill yeah. Him. Just kill him. And he didn't do it. And at the same time, Fiona is now in trouble because she helped him escape. Mm-hmm. So they are going to release Fiona And something that we don't get in the book is that the chief elder actually confronts the giver about all of this Mm -hmm. and he's being punished, you know, and in the book, there's no recourse for the giver at all. No. So Fiona is just about to be released and the giver makes basically a speech in trying to convince them, the rest of them, that feelings are needed. Everybody needs feelings and emotions and, and at the same time, we're try you know, Jonas is getting closer and closer, you know, to to getting to where he needs to be. Right. Eventually, Jonas passes out in the snow, and then he find he wakes up finally to see a sled, mm-hmm. and it's the same sled from the very first memory he was given. Yeah. Quick note, um, back to when he, uh, the giver was making his plea. Did you feel like there was a sense of the um, that? The chief elder may have been Roseberry's mother. Maybe. I did not pick up on that. So they have like an exchange. The chief elder and and the giver have kind of an exchange where essentially like it it seems like she's trying to forget about Rosemary. Mm -hmm. And it could just be because she's chief elder and it was a failure. Yeah. But I got the feeling of like that it may have been both of their children. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. They never really explain the father side of the birthing process. No. They <laughs> don't. No, they do not touch on that at all. That's interesting theory. Um, I won't go back and rewatch this, but I will take your, okay. uh, I'll take your word Fair on enough. that. Um, so Jonas wakes up, he sees the sled from his very first memory and he goes, he gets on the sled with Gabe and they go down and they go past the barrier of memories. So basically at the same time as he's going through, you know, the barrier of memory or boundary of memories. Um, and the giver is giving this big speech about feelings. Everybody starts feeling emotions again and their memories are returned. The community which, turns green. Right. The community <laughs> starts turning different colors and that does not happen in the book at all. And Jonas basically slides down to the end of the hill, 
there's the Christmas house and the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book, like I said, where we left off is he's basically struggling to to stay alive. And you kind of get that in the movie. Like they're they're clearly, you know, freezing over. Um, but, freezing over. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> they're cold. Um, but so Jonas gets to this um, giant hill that he has to basically climb to hopefully get to where he thinks he needs to go um so similar to the movie he 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 goes up there but he eventually um does end up passing out which is which is important to note because in the movie they made a point to say the giver gave him strength and courage Mm -hmm. he did not have the time to get those things from the giver so really like he had to pull that from like his inner being to like give him the strength to do this so anyway so he finally wakes up um at this point gabriel's like on the brink of death because he's so cold um he does make it finally to the top of the hill and he does end up seeing the same sled. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, you know, traverses down <laughs> the hill and ends up finding the house, um, the, the same house, which I'd love to note that it was during Christmas time. It was. there's Christmas music playing and there's lights and everything. Well, yeah, and love like, during Christmas time. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, realistically, the, the book ends very similarly to the movie and yeah that's kind of it just it. yeah but you haven't... don't see what you don't see that you get in the movie is that once he does get to where he needs to go those memories come back right. that's kind of taken out of the book which i think um was the intent of the of the author was to keep yeah. it ambiguous yeah so. because at the end of the book you don't know if jonas lives if that's right. just a vision of, of his memory, of memory. Yeah. like you don't know any of it yeah so yeah it happened. <laughs> I mean, does the book or does the movie stay true to the book? I mean, sure. Yeah, for the most I part. So. I mean, I think they brought a couple different aspects to kind of modernize it, um, which is fine. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have much to say about any of it. It's just kind of. Well, yeah, if we're going by the standards that we keep for all of these yeah. is if if the plot line and, and the premise of the book is consistent in the movie, then yeah. yes, it did. So, but would you buy the book or would you buy the movie ticket? I actually would buy the movie. Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you know me, I love books. Um, but what? <laughs> like I said earlier, I kind of flew through this book. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it was because I didn't get like a lot of, I don't know. Like, it didn't excite me all that much. Right. In the movie, you're able to see it kind of come to life. I will say, is it a great movie? No. But compared to the book, like, you get more out of it. Um, I think the one thing I didn't love was that they created that love story with Fiona. I didn't necessarily need that. Um, But I liked the fact that, like, it brought it a little bit more to life for me in the movie. I would like to choose neither but since I have to choose one, I'm going to go with the book, yeah. surprisingly. But I, And I thought you would choose the book because you're such a stickler for details. And they took out so many details in the movie. They did. And this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I really don't know why this book is on everybody's list of I don't know books. either. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, I mean, I think it makes – I think a, the reason they probably read it in school is because it makes you think. Yeah, I You guess. know? Um, but, but again, I, I will say – having seen Pleasantville and Mm -hmm. this is very similar type things. 
I love the way Pleasantville did it so much better that I just can't, I can't give Maybe it to this why, movie. Maybe that's why, because I've never seen that. I'm going to watch it. It's so good. <laughs> All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And just like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. We've got a couple levels for you. We've got the rom-com level, which is our $2 level. That gets you our episodes at least 24 hours in advance. You get access to our Karen reviews as well. Then we've got our drama level, which is our $3 level. You get everything I already mentioned. You get a sticker for joining. You get a shout out in one of our episodes. And you also get access to our after credits party episodes. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls to become a patron. And it's like less than one coffee a month. Yeah, especially from Starbucks. Right. <laughs> like I spend way more at Starbucks than it is to subscribe to our wonderful podcast. Plus you get a cool sticker. Right. Uh, so up next, I mean, we're in the holiday spirit. We are in full Christmas mode. So we have to do the Polar Express. We can't not. <laughs> right. Uh, and I've actually never seen the movie. Neither have I. So, I own it and I still haven't Yeah, and it. I love Tom Hanks, so I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. And, and also, like, hot chocolate. The book is like really short. I think it's like 32 pages. <laughs> Girl, look, these days I need some short books in my life. There's a lot going on. Very true. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.